Today's episode of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, is brought to you by the Indivisible Guide, a practical guide for resisting the Trump agenda. It's a team made up of former congressional staffers uh, revealing their best practices for making Congress listen. That sounds like something we're all interested in, right? Right. Uh, you can donate to this group on their page at www.indivisibleguide.com. You can follow them up on Twitter, which is at Indivisible Team. Uh, we follow them. So if you just look at our followers, you can get it like that. They have weekly calls. They have put out emails. They they make uh, videos. They, they, they're keeping you informed so you can, uh, as the kids say, stay woke, and uh, we can maybe get some shit done. So that's Indivisible Guide. Uh, they are awesome. And now let's get on with the show. Here and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next That right there is a Welcome back to the Basement Fellow Music Lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual, and uh, man, what an exciting podcast we have for you today. Uh, it is so exciting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this intro as short as I possibly can. Um, you know, you knew what was coming. We knew, we all knew it was coming after the pimp of butterfly, Kendrick Lamar, uh, stepped into the echelon of... of of the tippy-top, the rarefied air of the biggest superstars in the world. Uh, and he did it all while delivering a message, an important message. And we've been waiting for his proper follow-up to that album. Last Friday, Damn Dropped. Um, we could have you know, rushed into this. We didn't. Uh, we wanted to digest it. We wanted to listen to it. We wanted to think about it. We wanted to like study the lyrics up on Genius. That's, that site is great for that. Um... And we want to talk a little bunks ourselves before we, before we sit down here and talk about it with you. So, uh, we did that, and, and now this is what we got. We got myself, we got Marcus Dowling here in the basement, Ian Taranji, and uh, senior editor of Bandcamp. You know him, you love him, Marcus J. Moore. Uh, and we're going to be talking about this uh, immense album here. And I will tell you up front, too, you know, we cover a lot on this, uh, but there's a lot that's not covered because it, it is a dense it is a massive album um, and uh, and it's not all love I'll tell you that too um, so so uh, stay tuned for that and then after that stick around and we're gonna have I think is a world premiere uh, from our good friend Jamal Gray and his collective Nag Champa coming in at the last minute uh, you know we've been talking about trying to get him and get you his music in your ears and stuff. And so we got it. We got it for you. So come for the Kendrick, stay for the Nog Champa. How about that? Uh, that is your podcast to finish off your week here. So without further ado, let's head on down to the basement. Hang out with me and my friends as we talk all about Kendrick Lamar's latest masterpiece. Damn. You guys ready? 
Yeah, too, uh, yeah, man, I'm going to lose all our listeners on this. I am. You guys are fine. Um, yeah, okay. Welcome back to the basement, gentlemen. Uh, we have Mr. Dowling down here. Hello. He's, you're about down here about as much as Eduardo now. And Eduardo actually specifically said uh, he thinks we've got it covered. He's going to let the panel panel. Uh, because <laughs> I like he, how he's such a star now. Yeah, 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 yeah because you were on it. And also, uh, to my right, Mr. Mark Spore. It's been a while, sir. Yeah, yeah, You've yeah. You've been crushing it at band camp. You've been... Uh, I get the text like, holy fuck, I'm, I'm busy as hell. But look, man, right, yeah. there's a lot of music, a lot of great music out there, and you guys are, are like, as far as I can tell, unearthing all of it. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, we've been getting a lot of really, really good feedback, you know, yeah. so I really appreciate it. So, and uh, Mr. Taranji, and Taranji for the Lucky Stone, so it's welcome back. Thank you. You recovered from the U2 cast? Yes. That's <laughs> it was fun. It was fun to trip, <laughs> down, fun. trip down memory lane. So you're saying nobody listened to that? No, I'm saying a fuck ton of people listen to that. <laughs> oh, really? No, Everybody listen to other things. <laughs> no, no, if Fantastic. we only talked about albums in the 80s from here on out, like we would have sponsorship and we'd all be making a lot of money. I've got some great <laughs> 80s albums ideas. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, I'm going to dig back in the CDs behind the closet. Uh, but, no, today we're here to talk about uh, one uh, Kendrick Lamar Duckworth. I believe this is his Indeed. natural born name. Uh, back in back in his youth, he performed in the K-Dot, and then in about 2011 came out with an album called Section 80. Uh, this was, uh, is he related to Dr. Dre or not? No. Mm-hmm. Not related to Dre. No, no. 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 I don't think so. For some I don't know why I thought there was a connection there. I mean, uh, Dre's one of the people that, like, discovered really him. D- discovered d- him in a sense him, yeah. of, like, may, may, maybe that's in a sense of, like, exposing him to, like, you know, the larger, in- the industry at large, but yeah. Uh, he is from Compton. Uh, so, oh, yes. so they, they have that connection. Uh, in, I've never it, heard of Compton. What, no. What is this? In in 2012, he followed that up with his major label debut, Good Kid, Mad City, which I think this is where everybody took notice. I mean, you guys were probably on Section 80. I was not. Uh, and in fact, it was Daria who slid Good Kid, Mad City across the table to me and said, hey, oh, yeah. you got to check this shit out. And <laughs> and it was that album it, itself is a is a masterpiece in that it uh, it was dealing in. I guess just the way rap sounded at that time, but it was doing some very different things. Like you had, uh, you know, a big thing in rap is to have interludes, but you usually have other people in the interludes. You have your friends. Mm-hmm. Now that happens in the middle of a song and trap. I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. but but on this, like all the parts are played by Kendrick. Yeah, and, and it was an album about uh, a lot of self loathing, a lot of exploration of who he was, uh, his uh, where he came from, and presenting all these internal struggles, which, honestly, before that, you didn't hear a lot in rap. Uh, it just wasn't there. And um, so, obviously, people are like, this kid's this kid's on to something. I don't think uh, we actually could have known what he was on to. I don't know about you guys. Had no idea. Yeah, that, was, that was 2012. Was... And, and look, I listened to... I knew. Did you know? No, <laughs> <laughs> I I listened to his entire catalog today, uh, from start to finish, and I she chatted you, Dowling. Yes, because I finished Good Kid, Mad City, and then the first track of To Pimp a Butterfly comes on, and I don't think there's ever been like a leveling up in the history of music like that. It, just just that those first few bars is just like it's crazy because fuck. I. Is the the was the lead in single for Good Kid, Mad City as an album, and mm-hmm. I remember that unequivocally across the board, like most like you, you rap mean, critics. You mean Butterfly? Butterfly, right? butterfly yeah. yeah. Where everybody is like, I mean, rap critics across the board were kind of like, eh, I don't know. Me included. But, 
But for me, I was like, and there's a thing with Kendrick that we'll get into later with this record, uh, the uh, the the damn record. But it's like every time, like, like Kendrick chooses a sample, he doesn't waste it. He doesn't waste its impact and its importance and all that stuff. So it's like I, as an Isley Brothers sample, and I go, oh, okay. So this is like the blackest black music ever. <laughs> and I think and, we called yeah. you out on this before. I is not a stamp. I is an Isley brother playing on that track. Right, right, right. But yeah, but that's what I'm well, right. You, you've called, you have called me on this before. But yeah, we don't speak of such things. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, wow. but no, so, uh, so like, I remember going, okay, so like Kendrick has this way of like being like, okay, I'm going to do a blackity black, 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 black thing. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, that's that's really black. And then it was like, after that, it was like the black of the berry. And I was like, okay, this is really, really black. Right. And then it was like King Kunta. And you're like, oh, this is purple. This is like <laughs> some level beyond black. This is like ultraviolet purple. And then it was like, you know, Two Paper Butterfly comes out and it's like, oh yeah, boom. But I remember when it started off with I, everybody was like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it goes without saying, that album uh, changed the landscape. A game changer. Not, not just mm-hmm. in hip-hop, it changed it musically, like, just leveled everything. Yep. From that point on, uh, his, his uh, by his own will, like, integration into every corner of society, like, like, Taylor Swift, anything, he's gone on to deliver some of the most thrilling performances, like, uh, his performance in the Grammys, I guess it was That's two years like ago. That's like all-time great. It is, an all, it, it is literally yeah. an all-time great. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, has has proved himself to be one of the greatest entertainers uh, that I've ever seen, at least, certainly in, in the modern era. And, you know, he had, after that, uh, Untitled Unmastered, which I think the three of us reviewed. Yes, yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was sort of a filler album. Wasn't quite an EP, wasn't quite an album. Uh, and listening to it today, I like it a lot better than I did when we reviewed it. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because I was sort of trapped uh, down in Kendrick's darkness with him. <laughs> and and that, that's real dark, especially because it starts off with the apocalypse. Uh, it's a good companion piece to Father John Misty's album, actually, <laughs> come to think of it. Um, and then a couple of weeks ago, we heard that uh, this album was going to drop, damn. And uh, before we get into it, I, I want to go around the room real quick and just real briefly, like see what people's expectations were going into it. Let's start with you, Mr. Moore. You know, um, I think we were even emailing back and forth the night it came out. And I was just like, I had to, I had to train my ear because I was so in love with September butterfly Mm -hmm. that I fell into that classic trap of this doesn't sound anything like that. I don't know if I like it as much. And it was just like, that's silly. Like I, I had to, as the night went on, I had to remember that it's did, something totally different. Did you want it to be Butterfly, or was it just a? a I mean, that's not bad. Like we all do. It, it was just, it was just the nostalgia, you know, because I yeah. just love that record so much. And as you guys know, like I'm a huge like Glasper fan, Kamazi fan, yeah. Thundercat fan, and all that. So I'm like, oh, let's continue that. Then I realized that's silly. That was a moment in time. There's no way that I can expect that to be the same thing. Plus. Honestly, when I saw the album cover and the rollout, I was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know how yeah. this is going to be. I was a little scared. So, so. that imaginative. So, so yeah, what, what, what going into this, when you heard about this album coming uh, out? I actually think Marcus said it really well, because To Pimp a Butterfly was, uh, I, I felt it was a, a sonic game changer. Um, you know, it was Kendrick flipping everything that had kind of come before in, in hip hop, reaching back. Um, I mean, I 
uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a jazz hip hop guy. And so I, I loved, he made an album with like all brilliant jazz musicians at the, you know, at the top of their game. I mean, like Marcus said, it, it was a moment in time. And so my expectation for this, and I think I pretty much got it was, um, brilliant artist moving on to the next thing, showing mm -hmm. artistic growth, showing different sides of himself. Um, not the same thing. It right. couldn't be the same right. thing, but, Mr. but great. Mr. Dallin. Okay. So um, I work at decades nightclub, which <laughs> has a decades of hip hop floor. We're in, um, I've you also heard... write on medium. Yeah, I do on occasion. Um, <laughs> About the chain smokers? Yes, yes, I do. Damn right, I do. Nice. In any event, um, there's, on this take of the hip hop floor, for the last three months, I've heard every single trap record ever made all time, all my life. So I was looking for this Kendrick record to like clean my ears. And I didn't really care what the record sounded like. Mm -hmm. I just wanted it to like clean like F grade trap records out of my ear. Like, I'm like, okay, so, like, Future makes great trap records, and, like, maybe, like, Lil John makes great trap records, but there's a lot of stuff that's, like, below that level that you I've had to, to clean like, the strip club off you. Yeah, I'm like, all right, I need to clean up here. And I was like, all right, I just need Kendrick to put out, like, a great rap record. My big push for, like, the this next year for me is I want to, like, get back to listening to, like, rap. Great like, rap. really mm -hmm. good, really fucking great rap records, and all I wanted was for Kendrick to like, because I knew he could, was to make like a great rap record. It wasn't like a great jazz rap record. It wasn't like a great alt pop record or whatever, you know, hip hop does now. But I was like, oh, can you make like a great rap record that I could put against the record that came out in like 1994 and say, okay, this is dope by any standard? Like that, and that's what he did. Which is, yeah, that, that weirdly was my expectation, but completely by accident because, uh, you were actually down here when we got it. I was. And and uh, I before we had been talking about this album, for some reason, and I've never done this in my life prior, uh, I was listening to uh, Straight Out of Compton on repeat. Yes, you were. Mm -hmm. For like three days. I don't know what that does to a person. <laughs> uh, so, you know, originally I was with you. I was like... I sort of expect the pimp butterfly is what yeah. I want. Then I moved into like, well, he's a great, I think he's a great artist as long as he does something. And then I got around to like, oh man, I'm really feeling this. Uh, this track DNA is what we got. I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Cocaine quarter piece, got war and peace inside my DNA. I got power, poison, pain, and joy inside my DNA. I got hustle, though, ambition flow inside my DNA. I was born like this, and born like this, immaculate conception. I transformed like this, performed like this, was y'all shoot a new weapon. I don't contemplate, I meditate, then off your fucking head. This that put the kids to bed, this that I got, I got. I got, I got realness, I just kill shit cause it's in my DNA I got millions, I got riches building in my DNA I got dark, I got evil that rot inside my DNA I got off, I got trouble, some heart inside my DNA I just win again, then win again like Wimbledon I serve Yeah, that's him again, the sound the engine in is like a bird You see fireworks and Corvette tire skirt, the boulevard I know how you work, I know just who you are See, use a, use a, use a bitch, you almost probably switch Inside your DNA, problem is all that sucker shit inside your DNA. Daddy probably snitched, heritage inside your DNA. Backbone don't exist, burn on side a jellyfish. I gauge, see my pedigree most definitely don't tolerate the front. Shit, I've been through probably offend you. This is parlor's oldest son. I know murder, conviction, burners, boosters, burglars, ballers, dead, redemption, scholars, fathers, dead with kids and 
Lord's bed, forgiveness, yeah, 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 yeah. Soldier's DNA, born inside the beast. My expertise checked out in second grade. When I was nine, on sale motel, we didn't have nowhere to stay. At 29, I've been so well, he can't will in my estate. And I'm gon' shine like I'm supposed to, anti-social extrovert. And excellent mean an extrovert. And absentness, what the fuck you heard? And passiveness never struck my nerve. And that's a riff, gonna be this case. The reason my power's here on earth. Salute the truth and the prophecy. I, I got loyalty, got royalty inside this is my uh, DNA. DNA. That, that is the first track proper off of Kendrick Lamar's new album, Damn. It's prefaced by a track called Blood, uh, which I, sort of sets up the entire album. Uh, you know, it's Kendrick talking, there's a blind woman on the street, and she assassinates him. I mean, this is... Uh, maybe this is where the Kung Fu Kenny <laughs> character comes from. Mm-hmm. If you go back through yeah. his, if you go back to his catalog, it's all, it's not Kung Fu, but it's always something. Right. Kenny is one of his many personalities. Uh, for my money, that is actually the best track on the album. That says everything. It wraps up everything he says in all of his music into one thing and puts all the blame on himself. Mm. And one thing I noticed in listening to not just this album, this album very specifically, uh, but. Whether or not this is real, whether or not this is a character, uh, it's just a method of him explaining his feelings to the world. He's a guy who seems to have a lot of self-loathing and doesn't know where to put it. And in the past, it's come out creatively. This, for, In my mind, this is has most in common with Section 80, because it was a little scattershot, it's a little all over the place, but it's it's pretty raw as far as what he's doing with his emotions. The difference is Section 80 was trying to be a rap star. Now he is. And this album is just like pure unbridled anger, yeah. like start to finish. This is the angriest I think I've ever heard him. It's one of the angriest I've ever like albums I've listened to this year for sure. Outside doom metal, which I know is your favorite, uh, I, love you it. Know, I love it. But <laughs> but but to that point, like I don't know if that makes that a a like a great listen or a great album. Well, it's but, timely. Nothing else. I mean, he's probably right channeling what. A lot of us are sensing and feeling in this moment, you know, um, these it's like when we talked about the uh, the run, the jewels record, and it was sort of like almost contemporaneous with the election. And, and it was like, you know, even though I know that these songs were probably written well before it felt really, really fresh and raw. And I feel like this there's been some time to consider and marinate everything that he's got to say. And it's all coming out, and and a lot of it comes out right there on DNA. Yeah, yeah. I've um I've been listening to a lot of Ice Cube in the last <laughs> week because I feel like that's the one artist that like people forget when they want to like contextualize what Kendrick's doing, in the sense that like when Ice broke away from NWA, um, it was right around the time of the LA riots. So if you listen to like the Predator album, it comes out right after the LA riots and right after he's being like you know demonized by Billboard magazine as being this like you know antichrist and horrible black man and you know the the antithesis of everything that is you know good and right and proper in the world and he writes this record that's just like nasty like it's like nasty and Mm -hmm. honest and brutal and trying to like put a fist in the face of culture but at the same time this is also in time where ice cube is also probably the best writer writing raps in rap and damn fine it putting them on wax too. Right. And it's like, there's so many corollaries between where he was then and where Kendrick is now, where Kendrick's in that same spot now where he's like, okay, so the whole world thinks I'm the best rapper in the world. And there's two things you could do when that happens. You could be like, oh, that's not me. I'm just a guy. I just do stuff. Or you could be like, yes, 
Exactly. I am the best rapper you, in the world. But you don't think he's trying to do both? No, not at all. He's standing mm. up and saying he's Kung Fu Kenny. If you watch the video for DNA, he's literally a Kung Fu uh, yeah, master. Yeah, we just, we just did yeah. watch yeah. the video. He, yeah, killed, he killed Don Cheadle after John Cheadle, after he mind-controlled Don Cheadle to speak his truth. He then killed him. I don't know, Don Cheadle's still on Twitter, like I think he's okay. Right. <laughs> Plus he yeah. dressed like a samurai. He dressed like a samurai. Yeah. It's yeah. like, he's like, I am the best rapper. But. So because I'm the best rapper, I'm going to get with the best producers, like Mike Will is on this record, yeah. all over this record. Like, you know, Dr. Dre is the executive producer. He's like, okay, I'm going to align myself with all the best things in rap, and I'm going to really attempt to make, for 2017, right now, the best rap record that I can make in the same way that Dre did it with The Predator and with mm -hmm. America's Most Wanted and with just like all those albums that came out when he broke out from NWA. But but I mean when I when I say like he, he wants it both ways, I think it's he's he is doing all that, but at the same time you have uh the track Feel, which is uh, one of the better tracks in the album. Yeah, definitely. But he's asking a question like who's gonna pray for me? Like mm -hmm. he, he's very self involved and it, it's yeah. it's it's if there is one negative uh, for me for this album, it's it's that level of self involvement that I'm not sure that I want to hear it because I I haven't heard it in quite this way in his entire catalog. Yeah, it's, and that's coming fresh off a of listen to all of it. Yeah, it's he's, yeah. he's afraid in my mind. Like I mean, I think like any African American so it's just person raw is emotion. It's just yeah, like any African American okay. heterosexual male is in 2017. There's a lot of fear that goes into waking up in the morning and being like, okay, and especially if you deem yourself to be great at any one given thing, like you're afraid that well, if I die, what will my legacy be? If I die. What will other people do in mm -hmm. the wake of my experience? Like, what will what will happen? What will happen to the world? What will happen to the things that I've done? You know, like, what if Kendrick Lamar dies tomorrow and To Pimp a Butterfly exists in the world and there's no person who, the person who created it is no longer physically present? Because mm -hmm. you need that person to make that album have its, like, true, like, heaviest impact. yeah. yeah. Well, on this album, he makes it clear that, like, that he actually asks that explicit question, right. and he makes it clear that, like, that his concern is his family, yeah, which is like righteous. That is fucking righteous, and that gets into something that this album was going to be about, and and maybe more. You can speak more of this. Uh, you know, when he started talking about this, he said he wanted it to be about God, he wanted it to be about faith and his community and all that. And yeah. I know that's something that you're sort of interested in yeah, with this album. It, yeah, it's, it's something I'm still... It was something I was definitely wrestling with and just writing about the record, and it's just like I feel like To Pimper Butterfly was... I mean, he, first of all, he's always talked about God and his music. Mm -hmm. But To Pimper Butterfly to me, it was like he... Of course, he surpassed all the expectations, but it was uplifting an entire race of people. Yeah. Whereas with yeah. this, it's like, you know, to your point, it's like you can go one way or the other. And I feel like maybe a little bit he's feeling the pressure of all that because that's like a like life changing record. And this is more so dealing with his own insecurities and his own pressure off of that. And he just wanted to make an album for his immediate community. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the noisy mm -hmm. documentary. Yeah. No, uh, but he was just in Compton. You can tell he's the same dude. He's the same dude forever. And it's just like he's wrestling with that while also wrestling with God's place in our current society. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like a chance to rap a record where <laughs> there's no ultra <laughs> light like, beam. There is no ultra light beam on this one, but it's like this one's more in. So like when I listen to it, it kind of reminds me of how of how Marvin Gaye 
will look towards God on what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, where it's yeah. like, okay, are you going to help us? Like what's going on here? So, and on this, he's, he's wrestling with his own vision of what God is, I think. Yeah. But his faith is always strong. I mean, it's it always, always strong and it always has been, it's been, that's been one of many recurring themes throughout his catalog, I think is his, um, his faith is, uh, it, it, it comes through. Yeah, and it, and it, it almost seems like it's just it's him wrestling with what his faith is in Donald Trump's America. Well, it's like I still have faith, <laughs> but you know yeah. what? Give well, me a sign. And, you and, help me out. And he name checks uh, faith yeah. along with uh, or Donald Trump uh, with a little help from you too. Which mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we want to play that track. Uh, probably not. Everybody's shaking their heads. Um, it's all good to me. You know, it's, it's significant. I mean, it's Kendrick Lamar. I mean, as 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 little as U two may have to do with like you know popular music in 2017, it's still a record that Kendrick Lamar made with Bono and the Edge. Like that's yeah. crazy. Like well, that's just actually let's do it. Let's, do it. let's do it because a couple things uh, recently happened yeah, in a uh, current events, and we'll talk about no that real. Mo, no mo. Johnny said, "Looks ain't cool no more." Bless America, you know we all love him. Yesterday I got a call like from my dog like 101. Said they killed his only son because of insufficient funds. He was sobbing, he was mobbing, way belligerent and drunk. Talking out and said philosophy on what the Lord had done. He said, Kid, I can you pray for me? It's been a fucking day for me. I know that you anointed, show me how to overcome. He was looking for some closure, hoping I can bring him closer to the spiritual. My spirit do no better, but I told him I can sugarcoat the answer for you. This is how I feel. If somebody killed my son, then me, somebody can. Kill. Tell me what you do for love. Loyalty and passion enough. All the memories collected. Moments you can never touch. I wait in front of niggas, spot and watch him hit his block. I catch a nigga leaving service if that's all I got. I chip a nigga, then throw the blower in his lap. Walk myself to the court like, bitch, I did that. Ain't no black power when your baby killed by a coward. I can even keep the peace. Don't you fuck up when the hours it be murder in the street. It be bodies in the hour. Get a rabbit on the street. Paramedics on the down. Let somebody touch my mama, touch my sister, touch my woman, touch my daddy, touch my niece, touch my nephew, touch my brother. You should chip a nigga, then throw the floor in his lap. Matter of fact, I'm about to speak at this convention, call you back. All right, kids, we're going to talk about gun control. Pray for me. Irish voice here, there was Bono of you too. Was it Sean Barney? And, and look, now, 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 more you're <laughs> laughing. Soul. But look, we <laughs> just did it, look, it. We just did a YouTube podcast, and uh, part of the fun of it is Sarah Godfrey was down here. Yeah. Part of the fun of it was like remembering to a time when you two uh, was not only good that could be celebrated, but in prep, like we were driving around listening to that stuff, and Darian's like, you know, though, back in the day, that guy had some soul. And he really did. I mean, yep. he is one of the way we discussed this on that podcast. He is one of the few great front mans. You can count that mm. on, on less than two hands yeah. in rock and roll history. And 
and he's got soul. And so him ending up on on a record that arguably is about soul, yeah, and about faith. That's no accident at all because they're they're a band who wears their faith on their sleeves. Shouldn't be as surprised. I think <laughs> what's a surprise is how awkwardly it's shoehorned in. Like, yeah, there's see, that's, no reason for me. you two to be on this album. <laughs> right. Like absolutely no reason. It just and, transitioned. And and so this is actually uh the other ding I have in this album. You've got that. You've got a, a track with Rihanna in here, which is great. We love is Rihanna, it? okay? No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no it's a, great. I'm but 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 the real. thing is, Kendrick doesn't need to make these albums where you're getting like every single guest spot. Yeah. He's the one person who doesn't need to do that these He's days. He's the guy who is guesting mm. on everybody yes. else's stuff. Mm. Yes. Mm. So, uh, but, I still but, take. but more importantly, mm. that song though <laughs> no, is didn't. is about uh, and in bringing you two into it. That despite the fame side of that not working for me, I mean, it's a song about gun control, and it's specifically about gun control in Compton, mm. and like basically saying like people are getting killed in your backyard, my backyard, uh, like everywhere, like we're all getting killed, um, and. That is like the the one song on the album where it really, for me, externalized to what we're going on because he named Tex Trump. Mm -hmm. And he acknowledges the outside world, not just how Trump's affecting Compton and his world, but just like, this is where we are. We lost Obama. Right. Yeah. And I think he um, like you were saying earlier, it's like it it definitely feels like he sat back by himself wherever he lives and was just like, look, here's what's going on here's the state of the political world and so he could easily make the i like how he didn't make the politically charged record that he did on the last one where it was like it was about himself then it was also about politics it was about all kinds of stuff it was more so about him grappling with all these things in his neighborhood and you know i think his his cover art speaks to that i think just different songs like the entire record is about compton in my view it's about you know how it's about how the political government or how how politics is is kind of you know kind of kind of decimating his community, kind of decimating everybody's community yeah. at the same time. Yeah, right. It's, it's like it's personal, but it's still political. Um, and 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 I think it gets to something that I really love about Kendrick, and I think is is kind of part of a great songwriting tradition, which is storytelling in songwriting. God. Songwriting isn't always about you know me this and I did this and I and I'm gonna do this and I'm, it's a lot of times it's it's a story with a beginning a middle mm-hmm. and an end a protagonist and you know things like that and you know I I have always thought that that is his that and his flow he has a ridiculous flow at times but I mean uh, like but his song uh, his storytelling um, in his verses I have always thought is really really strong and it to me it's of a piece with a Bob Dylan a Bruce Springsteen kind of really classic storytelling songwriters. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, like, I actually, I really agree with that. Pete um, Seeger. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think we can all agree. And I think we've said this before that like, he is saying the same thing over and over. Like the themes are exactly the same. It's funny. I want to speak to something about that. Um, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to trap a, a Wale story into this. Okay. Um, Wally used to have a, or he used to have this thing called the board administration. It was a label that he had and they used to record I, when I lived on first in uh, North Capitol street, they had a studio. They were recording a studio 202, which I guess was like maybe four blocks away from where I was living. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time at studio 202 around the time that like the, 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 the debut Wally album came out. And um, one of those, like one of the big things that like his whole team was talking about was the fact that they got Lady Gaga 
to speak to a DC issue on Chillin and how cool DC was. And part of the reason that they said that she would be on the record was that she thought that DC was cool. So I extrapolate this to the Kendrick thing in the sense that, like, mm-hmm. Kendrick wrote an, an entire album about Compton, California. That's unequivocal fact. And he was able to probably text Bono of U2 and ask Bono from U2 if he wanted to be on a record that was about Compton, California. Which right. I'm sure for people who live in Compton, California, is a level of awareness being given to their situation and their humanity that is bananas. Like, they, if you live in Compton right now, probably you're not looking further past the, down your street. And also as well, if you Are, write a song called Loyalty and you're writing it to women, especially who live in that community as well and are dealing with, like, shitty men, probably, mm. and all sorts of issues regarding, like, their ability to, like, keep these shitty men around and, you know, like, having children out of wedlock and things like that. And if you can get Rihanna to be on a record about loyalty in relationships, that speaks to your streets, too. And that's the one, I think that's actually, those two things, to me, are two of the strengths, are one of the big strengths of the record Dude. in the sense that he's able to make a record that's for his streets, and pull these gigantic figures, which for street people, it's a different thing. If you're like a street person, you listen to a record as opposed to like a critic or like somebody who's not of that area mm-hmm. listening to the record. And if you can make a, a street record that is unique to your physical location and pull in giant stars from out of the constellations and put them on your street corner, you almost have to do that. No I mean, matter how I mean, whack that, the record that... might be. Well, at some level, and sometimes those records don't really turn out that well. But to me, it's like, if you could do that, you almost have to do that. The second that Bono gives you his text number, mm-hmm. gives you his number, and you have to text him, you almost have to make that record then. Because if you don't, then it's almost like that situation with Wally and Lady Gaga. When it's like, Lady Gaga likes DC? Well, we have to do a Lady Gaga record about DC. No matter how bad the record might be, well, we have to do this record. Mm-hmm. It just has to exist. Yeah. I mean, but is, is that because of his, his objective lack of cynicism? Like, I mean, look, he, he is he is objectively legit. Like, if people... Because, I mean, you talk about, like, pulling Bono into that. I mean, if you if you wanted to spend more time on it than I'm going to, like, in these five seconds to come no, up with this, no, if good. you wanted to draw a line between Compton from, like, the 80s on and how it exists yeah. to Ireland in the 80s and all this stuff, if you want to draw that line, similar but dissimilar experiences. Right. Um, you know, that was, uh, you know, in Ireland, it's racism based on religion. Exactly. Uh, so I'm sure that they had this conversation, by the way. I'm sure that's how they oh, actually yeah, yeah. got for, into for, this record. For sure. For sure. But, you know, and, and in bringing in everybody else. I mean, I think you're right. It, is he, though, I and I don't know the answer to this. Where is he on the, um, <laughs> I'm not a role model scale here. Is he or is he is he wanting to play the role model for Compton or for his people or is he? I don't he... think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't. Think, I, it doesn't feel like he's trying to do that. It feels. It feels this album at least feels very introspective. Maybe on "To Pimp a Butterfly," he was sort of saying, "All right, yeah, I'm the man." But uh, on this album, it feels very introspective to me. Mm. Well, because he's bringing it back all the Compton though, and he says he's doing this for Compton. Yeah, right. Over yeah. and over and over, Always. he's doing this for Compton. <laughs> Always for Compton. Never not doing it for Compton. And, right. You know that's a, that's a that's uh, the way we would be with DC. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. The way a lot of people are in the Gold Link album. Yeah. Exactly. I exactly. mean, there, there's no like there. There is that. Um, but like you were saying, if you bring Rihanna to Compton. Like that's a big thing. That's a huge thing, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and 
Especially uh, with a song like mm-hmm. Loyalty. Yeah. Which is like Mike Will, Rihanna, Kendrick Lamar. Well, with Future's influence somewhere in there. So it's like and in resident. All, in, in all fairness, too. I mean, yeah, even though he has U2, he has Rihanna on here, but he has like Bad, Bad, Not Good yes. has a production credit. Mm-hmm. Terrace Martin is back on here. Kamazi Washington did strings. You know, he right. still has a lot of like super dope musicians just kind of in the background on this one yeah they're you not know, so much at the forefront like they were they're not, yeah before. right sound wave is great you especially know? because it felt to me like early on in the record and like early on in the record it was a lot of kind of sampling sort of traditional hip-hop production and then the deeper we got into the record i could start to pick up a lot of the live yeah not, mm-hmm. not that there weren't any live musicians on any of the earlier tracks but it felt like more like traditional hip-hop production until we start, until you start like getting into, like for example, a song like Lust. Oh man, nice, man, nice listen. to come, sir. Uh, yeah, and this is actually one of the other. Uh, this is one of my second favorite song on the album. Man, so, I need some water. Something came over me. Way too hot to simmer down. Might as well overheat. Too close to comfort. That's blood rush, my favorite vein. Heartbeat racing like a junkies. I just need you to want me and my accent too much. Let me put the head in. Ooh, I don't want more than that. Girl, I respect the cat. I promise just a touch. Let me put the head in. Kick your feet up, watch you a comedy, take a shit, then roll some weed up. Go hit you a lick, go fuck on the bitch, don't go to work today. Cop you a fit of maybe some kicks and make it. Wake up in the morning, think about money, kick your feet up, watch you a comedy. Hold up. Wake up in the morning, think about money, kick your feet up, watch you a comedy, take a shit, then roll some weed up. Go hit you a lick, go fuck on the bitch, don't go to work today. Cop you a fit of maybe some kicks and make it work today. Hang with the homies, stun on your baby mama, sip some lean. Go get a pistol, shoot out the window, bet your favorite team. Play you some Madden, go to the club or your mama house. Whatever you're doing, just make it I count. Wake up in the morning, thinking about money, kick your feet up. Hop in the shower, put on your makeup, lace your weave up. Touch on yourself, call up your nigga, tell him he ain't shit. Credit card scam, get you a visa, Make it pay your rent. Hop on the ground, flex on the bitches that be hating on you. Pop you a pill, call up your bitches, have them waiting on you. Go to the club, have you some fun, make that last bounce. It's whatever, just make it I count. Need some water. Something came over me. Way too hot to simmer down. Might as well overheat. Too close to comfort. That's blood rush, my favorite thing. Heartbeat racing like a junkies. Lost, uh, you know that. You it's something we haven't talked about either. We've talked about this album being like about personal stuff. Every track on here is is one facet of his personality or experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, the track list is blood, DNA, yeah, uh, which can go away. But no, <laughs> uh, element, feel, loyalty, uh, featuring Rihanna, pride, humble, which was a single, uh, lost mm-hmm. love, triple X, fear, God, and then. The final track, uh, which we need to talk about, because 
I don't know if this is the... <laughs> it's certainly one of the most audacious tracks he's ever done. Uh, I don't know if it's the best track or it's like, just get this shit out of here because it's mm. so ridiculous. Uh, Duckworth tells the tale of, I believe it's his uncle, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who um, was a hustler and he uh, got in with some bad people and uh, talked up entertainment. Guy who heads it now uh, could have killed him. Apparently, mm-hmm. almost did. And now he's Kendrick's boss. Really? Yeah, it's kind of wild. Like that—that that happened. Is it? It happened, but it's semi-believable. <laughs> you know that—that's how the uh, NWA movie went down. It's like yeah. look at the rap superheroes. Like you know, <laughs> um, and that he would put it on the record though, on this like so personal record, because it plays is is. I mean, for me, it makes the record, honestly. I, I got to this, and I'm just like, I don't care what happened before. I don't care any problems I had with it. I'm get. I, I'm just like, oh, this is the juice, man. This is fucking it. <laughs> but, Marcus, you look like it's, you got- um, We were talking about The Love Below, the um, Andre 3000 yeah. record. And um, A Day in the Life of Benjamin Andre is at the end of that record. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, because that whole album is like, like, like Prince meets... <laughs> Bootsy Collins, mm-hmm. just all the love, and then you get this record that's like, but let's just pull you all the way down out of the sky and just like right. hit you with the, the brutal dose of reality about what happens when all this love exists in your life, and you have to like actually be a grown adult human man in the midst of all of this. So it's like, damn, like this record that if you listen to it and you're like, I need inspiration, Donald Trump is the president, and life generally sucks, and whatever, and I need whatever that is. Then you hear this record that's like, and for humans in general you need that thing that like pulls you back into like the day-to-day reality of what life actually is outside of this high-mindedness and the way that he does the storytelling it's important that you mentioned that Ian, in the sense that like the storytelling here is so vivid it's like you're not prepared for it because you think that the storytelling is vivid on this album, same way Dan Life uh, Benjamin Andre is. You think, oh yeah, on the Love Blow, like the storytelling here is amazing. Like there's just it's so vivid, it's so bright, it's so obvious. I see it. Then you listen to this record and you're like, well, yeah, that was all a a, a, a rib by comparison to this because this is shit. Like I, I can't, you can't even say anything. Like I listened to it the first time and I went, damn, I get why the album's called Damn. Then the second time I heard it, I was <laughs> like. He can't make a, he will never make a better song than this. And I've said that like two or three times in Kendrick's career. And then the third time I listened to it, I went, this is my favorite song on the record. And then I listened to it on the way over here. I said, yeah, this might be one of like the best rap songs I've heard in like the last like 20 years. Like that's, that's the kind of listen that it becomes. It like goes up the ladder every time you hear it. And it builds on itself too. Yeah. Really nicely. Yeah. More. You're looking. Um, you know, <laughs> admittedly, this one took a while for, it took a while for it to lock in for me. I mean, simply because, and it's it's my own fault. It's like I, I listened to it at some crazy hour at night, and it was like I just heard a bunch of rapping. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, this sounds good, but okay, let me let me click back in. But I agree with you, where it's like I think this put him on the on the storytelling level of like Nas. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you listen to Nas, he can just he can tell all kinds of stories. You know, the knock against him has always been like his beat selection. Yeah, but the fact that. Kendrick, he has such a good ear for music and he knows how to tell such a very, very vivid story in like fluid detail Mm -hmm. without pauses or breaks or what have you. It's just like, wow, like 
he's he's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of hip hop already, I think. And his career is not even that long when you think about no it. Question. Like no he's question. just getting started, and yeah. he already has like arguably three classic records, three classic albums in his discography already. Yeah, I think he's got the most important hip hop album of the last ten years. I mean, him. I mean, I, 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 a tribe called Quest would beg to differ with you. In terms of what, like, what do you mean? Like, okay, so like, I feel like when Kendrick put out the Fifth Butterfly, if you judge it against rappers who existed in the last like twenty years, it, it's a level above. But if you put it against the history of hip hop. Look! Look at like the album name. We uh, got this. Right, a tribe called Quest walked in and we're like, "This is really nice," and then we appreciate the fact that you attempted to do this record. But what we're going to do is we're going to walk in and like pull the right samples. Like you know some of them, but we know all of them. We're going to pull all the right. We're going to make Busta Rhymes an honorary member of a tribe called Quest for one record and do that again because we could do that. And those are things mm-hmm. that Kendrick can't. Do? To that point, though, I think what Kendrick does is he recognizes he can't do that. It does something different. For like for me, I mean, to be honest, like this album doesn't really work that well for me because. But I I have like mad respect for it because he he tries. He really doesn't hard. he doesn't sit back. Like you can remove every bit of trap from this. Please do somebody do a remix and send it send it to me because. But but he tries and he's not trying to do De La Soul because De La Soul did that, right? Yeah. And they did it on the last album. I mean that that last album is is amazing, right? And um, you know, with this last song and also how this wraps up because this ends up in a uh, you know r- the story that he tells at the start of the album. I want to see how you guys figure this works. Um, <clears throat> he says, "What was say? I went on a walk the other day." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he and then he dies. So one interpretation, if you're looking at this, is that he, this is his life flashing before his eyes. These are all these phases of regret, uh, uh, or not regret. Hmm. I mean, if you're doing a duet with Rihanna, that's just like I did that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the song is about loyalty, and yeah. so it makes you. <clears throat> and then you get to wonder. Duckworth, and it's and it's grounded in what this actually could have happened to his uncle, and rewinds all the way back. To the beginning and ends so i went on a walk the other day so what what's he trying to say with the album as a whole yeah i'll, I'll say this i had a conversation with a uh, good friend of mine he's an a and r or ex a and r now and we we had these like we have these long in, immense conversations and most of the things that i say are like a lot of cases especially about rap are kind of like him taking something that i say and flipping it around and giving me the answer and then i say it out of my mouth and it's kind of good to have people like that in your life and uh, he's like what if Biggie had a conscience? Hmm. And if you listen to like Life After Death, and it's like there's no conscience on that record. It's all mm-hmm. like a response to like, wow, I got money, it's I stimulus. got riches. <laughs> it's all I'm stimulus. Gonna, I'm gonna do this, and then what if I die? Oh, and there's no like resonance to that last question. Mm. But like, if Biggie had a conscience. And it's important to bring up somebody like Big because Kendrick is that good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where like if Biggie had a conscience, this would be the record. Like it's like if you had if 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 we could dig into this man, dig into Christopher Wallace's head, and get a conversation going between his id and his like subconscious. That's what you'd get, and you get that like 
you know, that, 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 like, nuclear fission level of, like, angst that makes this record, like, why, powerful. Why Biggie and not Tupac? Because he, he finished the last record, the whole record was an interview with Tupac. Right, yeah. but I feel like there's a thing with Big, where Big's records about death are, like, far more conversant with what Kendrick is doing. Mm-hmm. Like, Tupac's thing was like, I'm already dead and I'm Jesus yeah. and I sit next to God. I, so right. because I already know in my head that I'm Jesus and I sit next to God, everything else here on earth is a party because I'm already Jesus. And I'm already dead. Right. And I'm already dead. And he wrote a Machiavelli, like the album, you know, like exists. Yeah. Like I, I already did. I'm, I'm gone. Well, what happens on earth stays on earth. Right. That's, that's exactly. a lot mm-hmm. that. So. Right. Well, I mean, I, I and think... with Biggie, Biggie's whole thing was like, I don't know if I'm ready to die, but I know that I'm probably going to. And but mm. and he never answered that question really of like, how do you feel about that in a way that's not like really id centric? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's always yeah. like id first. Like yeah, yeah if I'm yeah. gonna die, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna you know like spend all the money and I have more money, more problems. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's going to be grandiose. But there's never a point when like you got to see big, like sitting in his bedroom, like without his phone next to him, you know, yelling at, you know, somebody paging, you know, five forty six in the morning. Like that's not a thing that we heard, but on this record, you hear all about that. Yeah. Like that's, that's 90% of the narrative. Yeah. And I like the, I like the biggie Kendrick analogy. Cause I think of Kendrick, I mean, you know, the way we talk about, Baseball players is like five tool players. I mean, I think of him as kind of like the five tool player of rappers. I mean, he he's got tremendous flow. He's a great storyteller. He has interesting things to say. He has, like you said, Marcus, a, a great like ear for music. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's clearly clearly schooled in like the history of black music from jazz and blues all the way up through soul mm-hmm. yep. and funk. Um, and he just plays with it really, really beautifully. Yeah. So I think kind of winding it down. I was, I was going to play Duckworth, but I'll let, let the listener like discover that. Got to. And and don't skip ahead. (laughs) Like take the ride. Got to let it play. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to get to it. Take the ride. And then you're going to be like, all right. Um, with that in mind, we'll start with you, Mr. Moore. What, uh, what, what type of record? Did you say this is for the people a uh, a buy it, a try it, or a pass? I mean, definitely buy it. Buy the digital. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I'll go vinyl with this one, but it's still got to have it in your collection. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Definitely Mr. buy. Definitely buy. buy. Definitely buy. Mr. I, I bought it. <laughs> so that, yeah, that happened. It's bought. <laughs> I, don't, it's I don't buy anything. Let me wow. just reiterate that. I, I buy like one album a year, and it's typically like something that like I'm buying from a friend. Because I see them at a show, and I'm like, I respect you to the point where I'm going to spend $10, because I think you're awesome. But this record is really that good, because it's like, he's the first rapper of his generation, of like guys who came along in the blogosphere era, that like finally broke out and was like, I'm awesome. And so because I'm awesome, I'm going to make an awesome rap album. Yeah. I, I'm not going to give it a peer pressure here. Uh, I'm going to try I'm going to say try it. Uh, I'm going to say try it, because I uh, talked... With Eduardo, I talked with you about this too mm-hmm. today. 
I don't see listening to this a lot, and and I but I do see my position. It might change before the year end. Mm. That's one thing we do here, and and we do it now that we have the running tally yes. of, of our of our ratings. <clears throat> you can go in and change your rating at any time. Yeah, and it moves up and down. We've gone pitchfork. You guys can't see it, but I'll show it to you. It's funny. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, right now, I just there's nothing. There's uh, like it doesn't come together completely for me. And whether or not, I don't know if that's because it doesn't come together because the way I want it to come together, or it just doesn't. And I need to figure that out. And a week isn't enough time for me to, to figure that out. I totally. Mean, I suspect yeah. if you had more time, you would feel better. Because like, this is an album that the more I've listened to it, the more I've enjoyed it. And I, and I think generally, and this may just be me, or, or it may be a thing, but um, with really great music, the more I listen to it, the more I discover it. So and are you saying a, that Hollow Notes makes the best albums of all time? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to motherfuck Hollow Notes. <laughs> H2O is a great record, man. Yeah, H2O is. <clears throat> and the Luncheonette. Uh, but yeah, Kendrick Lamar's Damn Notes. is in, in stores now, and there's not going to be a second one. <laughs> oh, no, Nation. Nation's not coming no, no, they, Nation is not coming. Uh, thank you guys for coming down. Uh, I know you guys will be back sooner rather than later. Mr. Moore, yes. I hope you are, too. Uh, yeah, definitely. I know you're you're making the big move up to New York. Yeah, a couple for months. good. Yeah. But, uh, before then, we'll get you down here a few more times. Totally. All right, guys. If I quit this season, I still be the greatest funk. My left stroke just went viral. Right stroke, put a baby in a spiral. Soprano C, we like to keep it on the high note. It's levels to it, you and I know. Bitch, be humble. Hold up, bitch. Sit down. Hold up, no. Kendrick Lamar's Dam is in stores now. In fact, he just announced the vinyl. Um, if you haven't heard it, fix that. You know, I think it's clear. Like we had, we had three buys, one try. Uh, but that's a very, very strong try. I would expect by the end of this year, when I spend some more time with this album, it's going to be a buy. But regardless. Um, you know, this is, we talk a lot about artists that it's just good that they're out there and that they, uh, we're going to pay attention anytime they do something. And, uh, Kendrick Lamar's at the top of that list, folks. So, uh, so pay attention, tune in. Uh, this is, this is the good shit as far as I'm concerned. Um, also, if you, you know, <laughs> Moore said he wasn't going to get it on vinyl, but you can. He just nails that today. So it's out, it's out there everywhere, man. Streaming, buy it. I think he's going to do a little tour. We'll uh, keep you updated on that. And uh, he's not coming down to the basement. I'll tell you that much. Love it, but he's not. That's not going to happen, kids. Um, I said up front that we we're going to sort of premiere a little little action from our friend Jamal Gray and his outfit, Nog Chapa. So that's exactly what we're going to do now. You know, they've been working on an album and a concept more uh, for for I don't know, like two years now. You know, we first got wind that there was this thing brewing. Uh, I saw them play at one of my favorite bars here in D.C., Slash Run. It's a metal bar with fantastic fucking burgers uh, on my birthday last year. And uh, and the lineup changes a little, uh, but the music never strays from being dope as fuck. And uh, so we've got a track for you right now. This is off their upcoming EP. This is a demo of this track. It's Libations 1 and 2 featuring... Uh, Jamal and Questy Lee and De- DeHondo Smith 
on this version that he sent me. This is this is a this is a premiere. You're not going to hear this anywhere else, and uh, you, you might not hear it anywhere else after this. This is going to be the only place this lives. So I'm actually pretty excited about this. So here you go, uh, Libations Part One and Two.
Now Champa with Libations 1 and 2. That is, um, man. This is so, you know, we, we spend our time off mic talking about, like, what is going down in D.C.? Uh, when's the next exciting stuff coming from? Uh, this is one of the corners, one of the pockets that that all the heat is on. And uh, it's getting there, folks. It's getting there. They, uh, I, know, I know they're working hard on the EP. As soon as we know when that's coming out, uh, we're gonna. We just had Jamal on the podcast. I think we're gonna try to have them all down here to talk about this because uh, if you haven't seen them and experienced Night Champa, they are quite an experience. And actually, speaking of that, if you listen to this on Thursday, you can get out to Capitol Fringe. Uh, he, uh, Jamal Gray, helped curate uh, a, an event called Control Space Command. It's playing over four weeks every Thursday in April, and this very Thursday, the twentieth. He is uh, Nug Champa's playing. So we'll put the link in the show notes. You can get tickets. Uh, I got mine. I got the season ticket. I got it for the whole month. So, um, yeah, can't wait to hear more from them and uh, and Kendrick. So all around, good stuff This to wind out this week. Right, guys? Uh, that is our podcast for this week. We thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on Stitcher, Mixcloud, Google Play. Leave us a rating. You can email us at info at if you want everybody to read it. If you just want me to read it, it's kevinandchunkyglasses.com. If you uh, follow us on Twitter, we announce some stuff on there. We usually post our links or live coverage to my Matt Condon and uh, Mauricio Castro. Killing it out there in the photo pits here in Washington, D.C. and abroad. I might add, uh, get some coverage of some stuff in England coming up. Um, and if, and if this is something sounds like you would want to do, or if you're an artist listening to this and you happen to be coming through DC and you say you, you'd like to talk to us, uh, hit me up and we'll see if we can make it happen. You know, we all have real jobs here. So sometimes it's hard. Weekends are good. Evenings are good. Uh, it doesn't necessarily drive with a touring musician cause they're playing in the evenings. Uh, but if we can make it happen, uh, we'll try and make it happen. And because uh, we want to talk to you, we want to tell your story, and uh, and try to figure out this music thing. That's that's really all we're doing here, man. Uh, so that is our podcast. We will be back in a few short days on Monday. I'm actually not sure what we're doing then. I'll update it over the weekend or something. I don't know. It's always going to be fun. Uh, we'll see you soon. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. See you later. <laughs> 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 Kenobi!